church. We, 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 we found some volunteers to serve tables, uh, willing to serve tables. And we're going we're gonna to take one of those volunteers and study him tonight. And uh, we're going to kind of get the end. We're going to get the end of chapter number six and then, and then kind of skip through most of chapter seven and get to the end of it. Uh, not that we're not going to talk about the material, but uh, there's just a lot of reading there. And if you, if you want to, go home and read all of chapter 7. But I'm going to summarize it for you. And then, and then we'll get to the end of chapter 7. Tonight, we're going to study the very first Christian martyr. Okay? The very first Christian martyr. You say, what's a martyr? A martyr is someone who dies for their faith. Someone who dies for their faith. For their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Stephen is going to be the very first Christian martyr. And by the time it's all said and done, if y'all remember, we came out of uh, Revelation. Uh, by the time this thing is all said and done, there's going to be millions of people who've given their life for the cause of Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, uh, that, that, is, that is people that we can look to because of their faith, because of their courage, because of their persistence, and all God's people say it. Amen. So let's jump right in. Acts chapter number 6. And, uh, and let's look down, let's see, let's start with verse 8. Let's start with verse 8. That's where we stopped last week. So let's go ahead and start there, all right? <clears throat> if you're there, say amen. amen. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, and the Cyrenians, and the Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia and Asia disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. They then suborned men which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people, and the elders and the scribes came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council. And they set up false witnesses which said, this man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against this holy place, talking about the tabernacle, and the law. So four, four different accusations they're making, right? They're, he's saying he's speaking against Moses. He's speaking against God. He's speaking against the tabernacle. And he's speaking against the law. If you, if you got that, say amen. amen. Now watch. It says, for we have heard him say... That this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Verse number 1, chapter 7. Then said the high priest, say it with me. Are these things so? In other words, they're questioning him. Do they have this right? Is it an accurate accusation of you in what they are saying? And from that verse on, we're going to find the defense of Stephen. And he's going to take them back to the Old Testament. He's going to take them back to the historical record and prove to them by Scripture that it ain't what they say it is. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Well, let's pray and I'll let you be seated. Lord... Thank you so much for safe traveling. Thank you so much for the privilege of allowing us to be in your house tonight. Thank you for the good crowd that's here to study and to learn and to grow and to discern from your word. I pray that as we go through your word that you will 
strengthen us, help us, edify us. Uh, uh, Lord, challenge us, convict us, and encourage us. Help us to see some things that will help us when we are attacked, when, when people come against us in the cause of Christ. I pray that your perfect will be done. We love you and we thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege of, of being able to share what you've given us. And Lord, I'll praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to thank God for the, the safe traveling grace. We spent two days. Uh, I was able to go see Jordan for the weekend and get to go to church with her, which was a really cool deal. And, uh, and, and Monday and Tuesday, we were in, in Raleigh, North Carolina at the TTI headquarters, uh, helping them go over the materials for the church planning uh, uh, movement here in the United States. We, we, have, we have planted several of these micro churches, these, these groups, DMD groups, and, uh, and we were able to spend some time there. And I'll be honest with you, by the time I left early this morning, I, I think my brain was oozing out of the side of my head. Dustin is all about that kind of thing, and he was he was he was in his element. But when you're going line by line by line by line and and critiquing and editing and putting in that, and my eyes was glazed over. Say amen. I am the visionary. <laughs> let me let me do my thing. But God blessed it, and I'm telling you, I am excited about what God's going to do in this country. I don't know if you know it or not, but our country's in a mess. And it needs God to move. And we need a move of God in this place. And, 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 and I hate to say it this way. I hate to say it this way. But the modern day church is not getting it done. It's not. And uh, so I want y'all to be praying that God will bless our efforts this past couple days and, and God will take that material and we can challenge pastors. Uh, we're going to have a, a we're going to have a DMD summit here in April uh, and there's going to be pastors flying in uh, from all over the country, all the way out in Oregon and Washington state. And, uh, and, and so I want y'all to really pray about that. This is something that's dear to my heart. And uh, so, so I believe God's up to something big. How about y'all? Say amen. 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 Well, let's jump right into this, this, this study tonight. And here's how we're going to do it. Here's how we're going to do it. Uh, the first two points, the first two points is kind of just informational. Uh, it's just going through and giving you some background uh, with Stephen and, and what he was doing and what he was accomplishing. But the application part, of, how many of y'all thank God for answer prayer? Amen. God's good. Amen. And, and uh, listen, the, the last part is where we're going to apply it. How many of y'all, how many of y'all have been attacked by people before? And I'm not, I'm not talking about maybe with fists or nothing, but maybe with slanderous words. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, people, for whatever reason, envious or jealous or whatever. Uh, you was just on the wrong side of, of or, or, is anybody with me today? Well, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to respond to the attacks of others. And so that's what we're going to apply. And that's going to be more of the message. But let me just spend a little bit of time and I'm not going to spend long, but let's just go through the first part of this and we're going to skim through chapter six and then we'll jump on and find out how do we respond when people attack us and all God's people said. All right. So let's look. Number one, if you're taking notes, let's look at Stephen first. Let's just look at his defining character. How is Stephen defined here in the word? First, I want you to see, this is very, very important. We see he is his willingness to serve. Write that down. His willingness to serve. When we look at Stephen, 
You say, what was his first job? Serving tables. Serving tables. Now look back up there in verse number 2. Verse number 2, chapter 6, verse 2. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So his, his first assignment was a servant serving food to the hungry. Now, when you look at that, when you look at that, and now let, me, let me go back, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me skip down a little bit so you can see something. Uh, look in verse 8. Everybody look in verse 8. We'll, we'll go back to that, all right? Look in verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great and great and, come on everybody, great and, do you know what? That's what everybody wants. They want a big job. They want something significant. They want something that's, that's great and powerful and in the eyes of everyone. Something that may can get applauded or seen as doing something. Listen, before he ever did great wonders and miracles, he was serving tables. Before God will ever use you for the big stuff, you got to be willing to be used with the little stuff. If you're too big to pick up a piece of paper, if you're too big to hold a door open, if you're too big to clean out a toilet, you're too big for God. Now, I'm going somewhere. You got to stay with me. That, listen, you, you, cannot, you cannot be trusted by God. You cannot be used by God if you're not willing to do whatever he needs you to do. I've, I've, I've come out of bathrooms. I, I, when we had, uh, uh, last week, last week we had, we, we had a meeting and, 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 and the, and the, the boy's bathroom was flooded, flooded down there. And I, I went and got the mop and got, got the bucket trying to find, get this up. And people looking at me funny. I've, I've taken out trash before just doing whatever. Listen, there's no big people and there's no small people. Not in God's economy. Are y'all with me? Listen, this same Stephen who had so much faith and he had so much power with God that he could do miracles and wonders, he wasn't too big to serve somebody a ham sandwich. Are y'all with me? Amen. Yeah, that's not going to go over too big, but that's cool. That's cool. His defining character, we see his willingness to serve. He wasn't too big to do the small things. Listen, then we see his wisdom to speak. Look in verse 10. Look in verse 10. And they were not able to resist the what? The wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. So he's not only humble enough to serve, but he's got enough. And let let me help you with this too. Wisdom does not come with education. Knowledge does. Okay? Wisdom, that's why there's so many idiots in Washington. (laughs) They got more degrees than a thermometer and ain't got no lick of sense whatsoever. (laughs) Now let let me help you understand what wisdom is. Wisdom doesn't come by education. Wisdom doesn't even come by age. I know a lot of old immature people. Let me tell you what the definition of wisdom is. It's the right use of knowledge. 
Wisdom is not knowledge. There's a lot of people that knows a lot of stuff, but they don't know what to do with the stuff they know. Are y'all with me? Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. So what's the point? God, because of his walk with God and because of his faith, God gave him wisdom that they couldn't do nothing with. And who was it that they couldn't do nothing with? It was all the educated crowd. You see, they had the education. They had the training. They had all of the knowledge, but they didn't have any of the. Say, if you want one or the other, stick with wisdom. And all God's people see it. We see the wisdom. We see his willingness to serve, his wisdom to speak. Then see, I want you to see his witness to shine. I love this part. Verse 15. And all that sat in the council. Now, you know they had grumpy faces. Say amen. They're mad. They're angry. They don't like him. They don't like what he's doing. They don't like his message. They don't like, they sure don't like him talking about Christ because the more he preached Christ, the more it condemned them and what they did to Christ. Are y'all with me? So there's probably scowls all over the place and frowns all over the place. But when they looked at him, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an. Now, what was it doing? It was radiating. It was shining. Now, look at, look at the verse I put in your notes. Look right underneath there. Ecclesiastes 8.1. Who is as the wise man? And who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? Watch this now. A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine. Listen, guys. I want to be used by God. But you can't. We need wisdom. And wisdom, you know, what, what, was, what, was, what was his face shining doing? It was a witness of the wisdom that he had. It was also, it was also this. It was a, a witness to who he was walking with. How many of y'all remember when Moses was on the mountain? And he come down, what was his face doing? You know why? Because he'd been in the presence of God. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be spooky and I'm not, I'm not saying I've seen people that, you know, had their face glowing or nothing, but I have seen people that I could tell they've been with God. Their face shined. You could tell by their smile. You could tell by their attention. You could tell by what, man, they, they've been spending time with God. What, what did it say about the disciples? They said, listen, they, they couldn't believe these ignorant and unlearned men, but they took knowledge that they had been with. They had been with Jesus. Now, here's the thing. It doesn't matter what all this world knows about Temple Baptist Church and its people, but they need to know that you've been with God. Because the problems they're facing, the struggles they're going through, they're not going to accept your opinion because your opinion's irrelevant. But if they know you've been with God, I promise you, they're going to listen to your witness. Yeah. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Yeah. Now watch this. Number two. Number two. His defining character, number one. Then number two, I want you to see his difficult circumstances. Now, does anybody here, does anybody here think that, that, Doing right is going to cause you to be immune to trouble. How many of y'all know that if you do right, you're going to attract trouble? 
You're going to attract trouble. Now, it's easy to stand in here. It's easy to stand in here and amen that. It's a whole nother thing to go out there and live it. Because what I see with a lot of, and I want to use the word immature because we hadn't got to that place where we understand that when you do right, you're going to be attacked. When you do right, Satan doesn't like it. When you do right, you're a threat to his kingdom. And when you are a threat to his kingdom, he's going to fight. Are y'all with me? And so what has to happen, ladies and gentlemen, everybody get this. Everybody get this. Everybody get this. Everybody look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Man, y'all spread out up there big time tonight. Amen. One into the other. All the way. All right. Now watch this. Watch this. Let's quit getting mad at God when we run into obstacles and start getting mad at the devil. Okay? And quit thinking, quit thinking, I wonder what I did for God to be mad at me. Because if, here's what, this is, this is the exact reason why I hate prosperity preaching. I hate it. I despise it. Because the men will get up on, the ta- on TV and they'll tell you, if you have this much faith, then you'll have an overflow and you'll have prosperity and you'll have health. And, and the Bible says he was a man full of the Holy Ghost, full of power and full of faith. And they're fixing to throw rocks at him. Are y'all with me? And it gives us a false. We begin to think, well, what have we done wrong? And then when you can't figure out what you've done wrong, then you get bitter against God. Because why is he doing this to me if I'm just doing right? Are y'all with me? If we do right, we're going to run into problems. We're going to run into issues. But it's all good. It's all good. Now watch. Three things he went through. Three difficult circumstances he's faced. First, there's disputing. There's disputing. Look in verse number nine. All right. Stephen is, is, is performing miracles. God has granted him this ability and this power. And we know he's preaching because they're, they're arguing about him talking about Jesus. So he's preaching the message, he's preaching the word. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called of the uh, uh, synagogue of the Libertines, the Cyrenians and Alexandrians, and all of them of Cilicia and Asia disputing with Stephen, questioning, opposing by reasoning. Now, this is why, this is why Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, look in your notes, look in your notes. Paul told Timothy, what's the first word? Come on, say it. Say it again. Say it again. And that means morning Wednesday night. Right? Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun, avoid, profane and vain, what? Babblings. For they will increase into more ungodliness. In other words, stay away from arguments. Stay away from arguing with foolish people. I had two other verses here, but I took them out for the sake of space. But listen, you never, the Bible says, don't answer a fool according to his folly. Don't answer a fool according to his folly. Never argue with a fool because they'll bring you down to their level and beat you with experience. Say amen. You know how to keep from doing that? You know how to keep from doing that? That's a good way. Know your Bible. 
Know your Bible. Because if you know your Bible, you're not even going to give them the, the, the time of day. It's when you're not sure about it is when you argue it. Right? Know your Bible. Study the Word. Know your Bible. All right? Now, B. <clears throat> There's disputing. They're questioning him. They're opposing him or opposing him. B, then there's deception. Then there's deception. Now watch what happens. Watch what's happening. Disputing, it says opposed by reasoning. In other words, they try to appeal by an argument, right? They're, they're saying we're right because of. They're, they're using the art of reasoning. But guess what? They cannot resist his wisdom. They cannot resist his wisdom. So here's what happens is they, they start losing the argument. They, or let's don't use the word argument. They start losing the debate. In other words, everything that they say, he, he refutes it and he tells them the truth. Okay. So now they don't have an argument. Now look what happens when that happens. The second thing that happens because they're losing the, the, the debate, the Bible says in verse 10, they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit which he spoke. So this is what they did. Then they suborned men which said, we have heard him speak blasphemous words. And what's that mean? It means uh, deception to throw in stealthily people that would lie. They set up false witnesses. So when they can't beat you with truth, they just come at you with a... Guess what? People will do that with you. People will do that with temple. When, when, when what they think is happening, what they say is happening with temple is not, and you refute that, then they just make up lies. Does lie, I mean, I, I can give you example after example. One, one in specific is people went around saying that, that in order to join temple, you had to show your, was it W-2s? Is that what it is? Yeah. Whatever that tax form is. So in other words, prove what you, what you make for a living. Man, if they realized how many of us was so poor, they wouldn't even come up with that stupidity. <laughs> but that's the God's truth. Now, what was that? They just told a, a lie. You know why? Because they didn't have nothing against us. Now, here's the thing. Then it goes worse, right? Now, first they're disputing. They're trying to use reasoning. That doesn't work because they don't have an argument. And then they go just, well, they're just going to lie about it. Let's just lie. Let's just bring false witnesses. And then write this down. And this really comes at the end, but I, th- I threw this in here. The, the third thing that he had to deal with is deafness. Deafness. The Bible said they stopped their ears, and we're going to find this at the end of chapter 7. They stopped their ears, and they ran upon him, and that's when they stoned him. There's going to come a place, ladies and gentlemen, where, where people will not hear truth. They will not. Why do you think Paul told Timothy, preach the word? Preach the word. Be instant in season and reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering doctrine, for the time will come when people will heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. They will turn their ears from the truth. They just will not hear. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So 
He's having a problem. Would y'all agree with that? Now, here's where I want to really get. This is, this is, this is where I want to spend some time, spend some time to know how do we respond to that? How how do we respond when people are attacking, when they're lying about us, uh, uh, when they're, when they're, when they're, they're trying to debate truth. It's not a truth, but it's a lie. All right. Here's, here's the thing. Number three, we see his departing coronation. Now, you know, a coronation is a crowning and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that, but there's really, uh, uh, several things I want to deal with here. First, I want you to see how does he respond? How does he respond to this? Does he get angry with them? Does, does, uh, does he get physical with them? Uh, does he go to politics? No, he breaks out the word. What do we see here? First off, write this down. We see a biblical message. And this is really long. This is really long. There's several, several verses, two through 50, and we're not reading all 50. Say amen. But I would challenge you, I would challenge you to go read it. Now, let me just tell you, let me just tell you, uh, 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 let me just give you the, the brief lowdown on that, okay? Uh, anytime, anytime, if you're going to, if you're going to be in, and I don't want to use the word fight because we don't need to fight anybody. But if, if you're going to be in a struggle, always start with the word. Say it with me. Always start with the word. Always start with the word. What does the word say? What does the Bible say? When Satan came against Christ, do y'all remember that? When he was tempting him in the wilderness, he said, won't you, if thou be the son of God, you know, turn this bread into stone. He said, listen, man, it is written. Say it with me. It is. It is. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Right? And he, he took him and said, won't you bow down and worship me and I'll give you all these kingdoms and I'll give you, I'll give you all this stuff. He said, listen, it is it's written that we should only worship God and him only should we serve. Are y'all with me? He says, well, listen, why don't you just cast yourself off of this, this cliff here and doesn't the, and see, don't forget, the devil knows a little bit of the word too. Matter of fact, he knows it all. And he said, and now he, he's quoting the word to the word. Isn't that a hoot? He said, the angels will not let you dash your foot against the stone. And he said, it is also written thou shalt not tempt the lord thy god so what happens when jesus is in his fight in a fight what's the first thing he uses the word word. what's the only thing he uses what worked only if you work it why are we getting beat up why are we getting why is the devil just 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 tearing us apart we don't know the my people are destroyed for a lack of amen all right, now watch, now watch. Now, now, we're going to skip, we're going to skip to verse 37, okay? Chapter 7, verse 37. Chapter 7, verse 37. Now, while, you, while you're turning there, let me tell you what's happening. He said, he is, he is interrogated by this council, and they said, is this true? Now, let's go back, let's, let's keep in mind what, what they're accusing him of. He speaks against... He, they're, he, or they're, they're, they're accusing him. They're blaming him. You know, we know they're lying, but he's, the, the accusation is this. You're speaking against Moses. You're speaking against God. You're speaking against the tabernacle or the temple and the law, right? Those are the four accusations they're giving him. Now, this is what happens. 
He begins at the very beginning of the history of the Jewish people. I mean, all the way back to Abraham. He says, let me take you back. And he begins to recite the history of the people of God, the people of Abraham, the Jewish nation, their forefathers. Are y'all with me? And takes them all the way back to the time of Abraham, brings them all the way through with Joseph in Egypt, brings them all the way through with Jacob and and, 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 and all the treatment that the people did to God's people. Are y'all with me? Now watch what he does. Watch what he does. Now remember, Moses, God, temple, law, right? Moses thought this is who they're accusing him of standing against and speaking against. All right, or being the enemy of. Are y'all with me? Everybody with me? All right, now watch what he does. He takes the scriptures to prove they're doing exactly what they're accusing him of. Are y'all with me? Watch this. Look at verse 37. And when he gets to the part of Moses, he says, This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise unto you of your brethren. Like unto me, him shall you hear. You know who he's talking about? Jesus. Moses is telling him in the future, there's going to come a prophet like him. That's who you need to hear. Moses speaks of Jesus, right? Now watch this. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness, which our congregation called out ones. With the, not, not the New Testament church. Not, don't put that together. He's, the word church in this situation is ecclesia, the called out ones. He called them out of Egypt. If that makes sense, say amen. All right. It says, and, and, and the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. Lively oracles is talking about the law. It was the word of God that they received on Mount Sinai. If that makes sense, say amen. So first, we got Moses here and the law, right? Right? Moses and the law. Now watch this. To whom, to whom our fathers would not, what? Obey. But thrust him from them and in their hearts turned back again into Egypt. In other words, this law and Moses, who y'all are so proud of, and who y'all, y'all are, are so adamant about, guess what? Your fathers treated them terrible and would not obey them. Are y'all with me? Watch. We're getting somewhere. Now let's go. Look, at, look, look, in, look in verse 51. <clears throat> 51. Ye, st- <laughs> Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ear. He's basically saying, you're no better than the Gentiles. Ye do always resist who? Watch this. As your fathers did. Watch this. So. All right. All right. Now look in verse, look in verse number 52. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one. Talking about Jesus. Watch this. Of whom ye have been now the betrayers and, all right, Jesus is God, right? He said, you're speaking against Moses and God. So what did he do? He took the scriptures to prove they are doing what they're accusing him of. They are guilty of. And by the way, 
That's, there's a lot of truth to that. A lot of times what people will blame you for and will get mad at you and accuse you of, they're guilty of. Are y'all with me? Now watch, let's keep on, let's keep on. He keeps on. Look at the temple, verse 47. But Solomon built him a house. We know that's the tabernacle. You remember he said, you're, you're speaking against this place, talking about the tabernacle. He says, but let me tell you something about this place. How be it, now he's using scripture, he's quoting Old Testament scripture. How be it the most high dwelleth not in made with hands as saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will ye build me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? What did he do? He used the word to refute their accusations. So now we've got, he proved it with God. He proved it with Moses. He proved it with the tabernacle. Let's look at the law. Verse 53. He keeps on reading. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did. So do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? They have slain them which showed before the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. Talking about Jesus. You killed Jesus. Who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not. You see what he did? He took the word. He took the word and refuted every single argument they had. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Now watch. The word will work if you work it. Know your Bible. Because it may not be, it may not be a human being that you come against. You may have a fight with the devil. And you need to know the word. And all God's people say it. Now watch this. We see a biblical message. A, write this down. B, a bold messenger. A bold messenger. Now watch. This is what he says. He said, your grandparents were some stubborn Stubborn individuals. But guess what? You're just like them. Now, I don't know about y'all. He's standing alone in this crowd. And he is not holding back one bit. Not one bit. He is blunt and to the point. And tells them exactly, because this is what happens. This is what the Bible will do. Everybody with me? I, I, I know I'm, trust me, I'm more tired than anybody in this building, I promise you. But, but just stay with me. I promise you it's going to get good, okay? The Bible will not reveal to you what you think you are. The Bible will show you what you really are. You see, the Bible is compared to a mirror. How many of y'all know a mirror is brutally honest? Brutally. Say amen. Whatever's in front of it, that's what's going to show. Amen? And you see what's happened. He's told them the truth. There were several times, there were several times Monday and Tuesday, 
where I was kind of like the oddball uh, because everybody's really, I don't know, I guess I should be more like them, but more, more political or more, I don't even know what the word, a lot of mercy, and, and I'm not just, no, you don't need to do that. We don't need to baby pastors. Listen, it's going to work. It's either is, you're either going to do it or you're not. And, 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 and it's just, and sometimes, sometimes people don't like that. But you know what? The truth, even though it hurts, it also heals. Now, we're going to see in this case it's a little different, but I'm going to show you something. Thirdly, or C, I guess it is. It C under there? Write this down. We saw, what was A? Tell me A again. <clears throat> Say it again. A biblical message. All right. Then B, how many of y'all know we need both of them in the house of God today? But look at, look at C, then we see a bitter mob, a bitter mob. Everybody is not going to like the truth. Preacher, I think you, I think you're rubbing the cat wrong. Well, if you're telling the truth, the cat needs to turn around. Right? Don't get, don't get mad. Don't get mad at the messenger. Don't, don't shoot the mailman for bringing you mail you don't want to see. Are y'all with me? There's a bitter mob. Now, why are they bitter? Why do people get... Now, now I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. When you're preaching the truth, okay, when you're preaching the truth, let's just say when the preacher is preaching the truth, when he can say verse... Chapter so-and-so of this book, verse so-and-so says, this is what God says. And people still get angry because they're living opposite of what that's saying. So they're going to get angry. They're going to get mad. They're going to get frustrated. And, and so I'm, I'm saying that I'm not talking about people that are just mean-spirited and just uh, belligerent and arrogant and, and, and are not preaching the truth. They just like hobby horses and they just want to just fillet people. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't like that either. I don't like that. Not one single bit, but when somebody's telling the truth, I've got to line up with it no matter how much it hurts. Are y'all with me? But they didn't, they didn't. How many of y'all remember from the very beginning of acts, we've done covered like, I don't know, three or four messages from Peter. And Peter says the same exact thing that Stephen does. He said, you killed the son of God. Over and every single time he preached, that happened. Are y'all with me? And you know what? The first thing that happened, the very first time he preached it, they said, oh, brother, oh, brother, what must we do to be saved? Man, that's a great response. That's what every pastor dreams about. That's what every pastor wants when he gets the invitation that they run down the aisle and fall in the altar and say, tell us how to be saved. Man, that's great. That's what we all want. But that ain't what happened. The Bible says when he took the word and showed them exactly what they were, not what they thought they were, and not what they portrayed to be to everybody else, that they were exactly like their stubborn, hard-headed grandparents. They're defying God, and they killed the messenger, the Messiah, the one who was supposed to come, God's son. Are y'all with me? The Bible says they were Cut to the heart. 
And they gnashed on him with their teeth. I mean, they are so enraged. This is a mob and they are so angry at his message and, and what he said that they literally bite on him. Are y'all with me? Now let's, what? How is this possible? Man, he, he's preaching the same thing. He's preaching the same thing Peter did. Let's look at this. Let's look at this. Look in verse number, verse number, uh, Acts 2.36. Look in your notes. This is Peter's sermon. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye, right? He said, you murdered him. You killed the Messiah. Watch. The one you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, say it with me, men and brethren, tell us how to be saved. And guess what? They repented and a bunch of them got saved. Now, let's look at, let's look at Stephen's. Let's look at Stephen's. <clears throat> Acts 7.54. Acts 7.54. It's right there in your notes, right underneath. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed on him with their That's a little different response. Now, now, did you see something? Did you see something in these verses? Did you see something in these verses? In Peter's situation, they were, come on, they were pricked in the heart. In Stephen's situation, they were cut to the heart. Now, what, what determines whether your heart is pricked or whether your heart, and it's the same, same, same thing, heart, it's a heart issue. Listen, whether you get saved, it's a heart issue. Whether you rebel, it's a heart issue. But what determines whether you have a pricked heart that comes to repentance and you have a cut heart that makes you angry and bitter enough to kill God's man? The hardness of your heart. Now watch this. This piece of fabric I've got on. If it's, if it's loose and flowing and pliable, you could take a sword or a knife and you could stick that and it gives. And it's only going to prick it. But if it's stiff and bows up, and that same sword or same knife hits that fabric, what's going to happen? It's going to cut it. You know what will cause a man over here to weep and to make his way down to the aisle and repent? In the same sermon, the same message is convicting and powerful will cause a man sitting right over here to get so angry at the preacher if he had a songbook, he'd throw it at him. It's their heart. It's their heart. I've had people leave the same service and say, man, that's the greatest service I've ever been. Preacher, that message was incredible. And others just wish it was hurry up and be over. And it ain't the message. It's not the messenger. It's the soil that the seed is being planted in. 
So here's what you need to do next time you get mad in a church service when the preacher's preaching. First, check and see if it's the Bible. If what the preacher said, he can back up with scripture, then the second thing you need to check is, how's my heart? Because if he can prove what he said and what he preached with scripture, and I don't like it, then I got a heart problem. And all God's people see it. How many of y'all know if we'd do that, there'd be a whole lot less church splits? Amen? Amen? Now watch this. Now watch this. This is the main part. We've we got to hurry. we only got a few minutes. Look here. This is what I want you to see. A, say it with me. A, there's a biblical message. B, there's, there's a bold messenger. How many of y'all know we need both of them in the house of God today? Amen? C, there is a bitter mob. Can everybody see that? They, they rush against him. They attack him. They're, they're, they're so angry. They're biting on him. And they take him out and stone him. Literally throw stones and rocks till bones break and skull is fractured and he bleeds out and bleeds to death. The first martyr, the first one to die for his faith. I want you to write this down. D, I want you to see the blessed martyrdom. I know what you're thinking. What? Blessed? Blessed? You should put sad there, preacher. You should put sad there. Well, let's, let's talk about it. He got to see God. He got to see God and he got to see glory and he got to experience a lot of things. But I want you to look at some steps first because you're going to get attacked and people are going to come against you. They're not going to understand your ministry. They're not going to appreciate your message because of the hardness of their heart. They're not going to, but here's how we do. What do we do when we're attacked? And this is, this is not just, this is not just, uh, these, these steps I'm going to give you are things to do. They're not just. For the spiritual side. All right, how many of y'all have had problems at work before? Come on. How many of y'all work with a jerk? Just make sure they're not here with you. Amen. Don't. All right, all right. How many of y'all, watch this now. Watch, look at me, look at me. We're almost done. We're almost done. How many of y'all have had problems at home before? How many of y'all have had problems in relationships before? Okay, it works on all these. What I'm fixing to tell you, Works in all these. First, look what it says. And I'm going to give you a verse for every one. I'm going to give you a verse for every one. First, when you're attacked, when you're attacked, verse 55, make sure this, make sure this. But he, talking about Stephen, being full of the. Preacher, what do I need to do when I'm attacked? Make sure you are full of the Holy Ghost. Make sure that you are full of the Holy Ghost. Preacher, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? What I mean by this, because we, we've done been in Acts long enough, you should know what being full of the Holy Ghost means. Being full of the Holy Ghost means you're influenced by the Holy Ghost. You are controlled by the Holy Ghost. And anytime you're attacked, if you're not full of the Holy Ghost, you're going to be full of anger. And you're going to be full of bitterness. 
And when you are angry, you're going to say stuff you shouldn't say. And it's possible. Why do you think, why do you think God equated anger with murder? What do you think, what do you think murder stems from? Well, I would never murder anybody. There's a lot of people said that. Matter of fact, there's a lot of good people sitting in prison today that said that. When we get angry, when we're attacked, especially if we're attacked unjustly, if we're treated in an unjust way, man, we want to retaliate. But make sure before you retaliate, before you say anything, you need to say, Lord, control me. Lord, control my emotions. Lord, control my words. Lord, control my thoughts. Because if I, if, if Lord, if I'm out of control, I'm going to do something that's not pleasing to you. And I may do something, and it's possible to do something very dangerous. So when you're attacked, number one, make sure you are. Come on, everybody. Make sure you are. How many of y'all, how many of y'all have been times in your life when you was attacked? That wasn't your first step. <laughs> How many can look back and you say you wish it was? Okay, number two. Number two, pray. And by the way, by, you know, you may tell you what it helped with that? Because I know what you're thinking. I, I tell you what, if I'm attacked, how do you expect me to be full of the Holy Ghost if I'm attacked? i tell you how. Be full of it before you attack. That's the best way. Now, none of this is in my notes, this part I'm I'm sharing with y'all now. Y'all need to write it down because it's coming from glory. Does the Bible not say walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? Be not drunk with wine, but be ye filled with the Holy Ghost. So what does that mean? Just learn to walk every day in the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Every morning that you wake up, say, Holy Ghost, fill me, control me, guide my thoughts and guide my actions and guide my words. Because I promise you, sooner or later, somebody's going to come against you. And if you're already filled with the Holy Ghost, you're not going to have to try to get it before you respond. Amen. All right. Number two. Number two. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. Number two, verse 59. And they stoned Stephen. What was he doing? Come on, everybody. When you're attacked, when you're attacked, number one, make sure you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Number two, make sure you talk to God first. Make sure you talk to God first. Before you respond to the one attacking you, make sure and talk to God first. First, because God will either stop the attack, he will help you through the attack, or he'll give you the right response in the attack. But talk to God first. Pray first. She's made you angry, husband. Pray first. Stupidest things I've ever done is just because I responded before I prayed. Anger allowed me or, or triggered me to respond in the flesh. And I, I'm telling you guys, it is, it is almost an impossibility to the point that I'm just going to tell you it's impossible to respond right 
when you respond in the flesh. And the reason I say that is because Paul said there's no good thing in the flesh. None. Zero. Zilch. Say amen. Talk to God first. When you're attacked, before you respond, before you respond to your attacker. And you know what? The sad thing is most Christians today, when they're attacked, whatever reason, whatever it is, before talking to God and before talking to the attacker, which is, is what Matthew says to do, you know, when, when somebody has offended you or somebody's coming against you, you go to them first. We don't do that. We go to everybody else. And sometimes we've been hurt by somebody and everybody else knows before the person that hurt us and they don't even realize they hurt us and they could have fixed the problem or dealt with it or taken care of it. But now everybody in the world knows and it's nearly impossible to restore that relationship because you told everybody but the one you should have. Amen? All right. We're loving this, ain't we? We're just, just having a big time tonight. Number one, number one, when we're attacked, make sure, number one, we are all right, number two, that we call upon God. For, and put first beside there. Put first beside there. I didn't put it in your notes, but that's really important. So put that first. And then number three, after we call on God, we've got to. This is an imperative. This is an imperative. This is an imperative. Say it with me. This is important. Everybody say it. This is. Say it again. This is. Forgive your attacker. Forgive your attacker. How am I supposed to do that? That was rhetorical. <clears throat> Watch this now. Watch this. I know I asked so many questions, you don't know which ones are rhetorical. I got to quit that. Watch this. Watch this. And he kneeled down, and he kneeled down. And cried with a loud voice. He cried with a loud voice. You know what I got to thinking about that? <clears throat> I don't believe that was so the Lord could hear him. He wanted those who were stoning him to hear it. You with me? Now watch. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. He cried with a loud voice. Lord. Lay not this sin to their charge. I mean, they're throwing rocks at him. They've lied about him. They, they've accused him of stuff he was not guilty of. Matter of fact, it's even worse. Not only did they accuse him of stuff he was not guilty of, they accused him of stuff they were guilty of. And then they lied and, 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 and hired people to lie about him. Now they're getting other people to lie for them. And they're gnawing on him with their teeth. And they're so angry, they're throwing stones. They're literally committing murder. And he says, don't hold this against them. Can you imagine? I, I, mean, in, I mean, in the very process of the attack happening, he's forgiven them. Oh, preacher, if I forgive them, it's going to take a while. It's going to be a while before I can forgive them, before I get. Oh, preacher, it's going to take, you're going to have to let some time go. Yeah, 
Did you hear what she said? He did as his Savior done. Doesn't what he said sound awful familiar? Was that not the words of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross when he said, Father, say it with me, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know what I learned from that? Everybody look at me. Look at me. I've got two minutes. Look at me. This, this, may be the, this may be the most important thing you get all night. So if you're, if you're sleepy, pinch yourself. Wake up right here. Woo! Everybody look at me. Look at me. The forgiveness that you offer will not be your own. The forgiveness that you need to give, God will give it to you to give. What does that mean? You don't have the ability. When somebody hurts you and wounds you, in your flesh, in your humanity, you don't have the ability to forgive because that is supernatural. And the point I'm making is this. When you get hurt, you're not going to have to forgive on your own. God will come in you and through the power of Jesus Christ, you will be, for, be able to forgive those who are hurting you. So what are, we, what are we hearing? We're hearing Jesus in him. Doesn't the Bible say, listen, do you realize this verse means more than hit a home run? I can do all things. Through which that has nothing to do with a touchdown or a home run. It has everything to do with forgiving the one who hurt you. Do you know, which I sure don't have time to preach this. But there are relationships where people have carried the baggage of a formal relation, formal former relationship and it's almost destroying the present relationship because they haven't forgiven the pain from the past. And we take out on those in the present what someone did to us in the because we never forgave. And when we don't forgive, it creates bitterness. You with me? It creates bitterness. And you see what happens when you forgive is not, you're not setting the, the guilty free. You're setting yourself free. Forgiveness is not for the guilty. It's for the victim. Are y'all with me? Oh, we're over time. Let me get let me get this last one. Last one. Last one. Number one. When you're attacked, make sure you are. Number two, when you're attacked, make sure you first, first. Amen. Number three, make sure you. And this is what's gonna happen. You'll receive a crown. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He called upon God. He forgave his attackers and then he received a crown. How you know? He was stoned. He was killed. He was murdered. Watch this. Revelation 2.10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. 
Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. What were the results of Stephen's death? Stephen, for Stephen, death meant coronation. He saw the glory of God and the Son of God standing to receive him to heaven. Our Lord sat down when he ascended to heaven, but he stood up to welcome to glory the first Christian martyr. And all God's people see it. Amen. Ain't God good. All right. Before we dismiss, I got a quick, quick, quick announcement. All right. Uh, November the 23rd, which will be this this coming Saturday, all right? This coming Saturday, don't forget, November the 23rd, from 5 to 7, there's going to be a fish fry. <laughs> you got too many F's in here, man. Fish fry fundraiser. Say that with me. Fish fry fundraiser. Fun time. Frolicking all around. All right? Uh Listen, this is for Unsheltered International. Uh, the brother frying the fish can get it done. I want y'all to know. It's going to be a great time. Uh, uh, are, are we going to, it don't have an address on here. It's at the warehouse. All right. Stand up, Brother Travis. If you don't know Brother Travis, this is Brother Travis uh, Sharp, the president of Unsheltered International. And, and if you, where are you sitting down? Stand up. If you don't know where the, the warehouse is for this coming Saturday at, uh, I don't have a time on here either. <laughs> what is it? Five o'clock. Five o'clock. All right. And uh, it may have a time. Oh, it is. Way up there the top. <laughs> Five to seven. Uh, you see Brother Travis? You see Brother Travis and he'll make sure you get directions there. Or, uh, or Brother Phil, y'all. You know how to get there, right? Brother Phil, y'all. Or Sister Phil, y'all does. Either way, all right? She, she's smarter than you are anyway. So uh, you see either one of these guys, and they'll make sure you get there, and it will be a, a grand old time. And all God's people say it. Now remember, be filled with the Holy Spirit and talk to God first. Say it with me. Talk to God first. Come on. How many of y'all know that every time I preach on something, God's going to test you this week? No pressure or nothing. But just remember, when it happens, when it happens, if you will get up in the morning first and be filled with the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit guide you and talk to God first, everything will be okay. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy, your kindness, your